Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and chill, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, NordVPN.com, and Masterworks.io. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, BetOnline has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Hey there, Marcus Dash here, co-host of Chief Concerns. At the conclusion of this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast right here on YouTube. And for all you listeners out there, please be sure to give us a five-star review on any of the platforms you use to listen to us. I want to thank you all for listening to us throughout the season, and we look forward to engaging with you all throughout the offseason. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. Our first episode of the offseason. Last week was more of a recap of, you know, that, that AC Championship game, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, but how you guys doing? You guys uh, watching the Winter Olympics at all? Nope. I've been watching basketball every night. So, yeah, I, I've gandered on a little bit of, of seeing some uh, some of the Olympics. Some of the, I, was that the uh, across, across country skiing? Mm. Watched a little bit of that, man. So it's always good. Sometimes you forget these things are on, right? But yeah. But other than that, I ain't really watched none. I try to watch some basketball. Somebody asked me if I watched that uh, the uh, whole uh, the uh, what's that? The Pro Bowl. If I watched any of that the debacle. I'm like, I didn't even watch any of that either. Hell no, man. Look, I ain't watched that in about seven years, seven eight years to be honest with you, for real. So as soon as it turned into a, a flag football game. I was out. Yeah, apparently the showing this weekend, just based on what other people's tweets, and I didn't watch it either. Apparently, it, it looked pretty bad that this year. Like the guys really weren't paying attention, like really into it this year. No one was really tackling or anything, which I get. Yeah. No one wants to get hurt in the Pro Bowl. I understand that. The skills challenge was fun. Did you guys watch the skills challenge? Nope. No. No. I want to watch it. I wanted to watch it. But look, man, look. Here's, here's the thing, though. <clears throat> you know, back in the day, and I remember it's like in basketball. We used to watch the All-Star games. You know, these guys, it was all about, you know, bragging rights. You know, had the Kareem and them guys who was out there when they was balling. The All-Star game, they was, look, them jokers was looking out there, man, to get like, look, I'm going to talk this noise all off-season. Uh, 
with these guys. We got the best of them. And now, and I get the, the whole point of guys making a whole lot of money. You don't want to do it. So, I mean, what do you do? So, I, I give, if it's something for the fans, fine. But as far as, like, man, a football guy, like in real football, nah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm out of that. I'm, I can do without it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing really take away from the um... – from like the, the skills challenge was uh, Tyreek. They all ran the 40-yard dash. Tyreek kind of uh, didn't really run it. He was one of the four contestants, but he kind of – right when they, 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 they blew the whistle, he kind of like jogged it off. And then Michael Parsons ended up beating Nick Chubb out for the other 40-yard dash. Yeah. <laughs> really, you want to have Chubb and Parsons considered the fastest guys in the NFL? No. <laughs> but, I mean, Parsons does – for his size, he does move really well, but not, not, I wouldn't say the fastest – Okay, he moves well, but he's not going to beat majority of the receivers or the DBs. Right, right. Yeah, let's just let's, let's just be real. You know? yeah. yeah. Everybody's making all my games. Can lead uh, Parsons out in time. Come on, man. I'm like, get Ted out. For real. Seriously. Well, even Tyreek, he said, Parsons said afterwards, they interviewed him. He goes, he has no, Tyreek wasn't really running that. He goes, but Chubb was running, and that was really the person I, I was racing against in that one, which you could tell Chubb was going pretty hard in that. Yeah. I don't even think Biggs was even running hard, so. mm no, but I saw. I just saw the highlight and, and caught it. Yeah. Um. So okay, as we get to the off season, obviously it's the first. It's the first week. So I mean, there, there's there's already things coming out. Uh, last week, uh, Veach had his press conference to kind of recap the season and talk about what's going to be happening um, throughout this off season. So we'll get into that. But with our first concern of the night, we have Coach Bienemy. Um. So another coaching cycle, and Coach Bienemy did not get hired as a head coach. Uh. But this year is a different wrinkle in it where he's he's a free agent. You know, so his contract was up with Kansas City. So right now he's a free agent and he's reportedly kind of weighing his options right now. Um, and as a little while ago, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network reported that if Coach Bienemy does not go back to Kansas City, Kansas City will contemplate bringing back Matt Nagy uh, as the offensive coordinator or JD and your neck of the woods uh, looking at Kentucky's offensive coordinator slash QB's coach, Liam Cohen. So I guess my question is, what are your thoughts on this entire Eric Bieniemy uh, situation? Should he leave uh, and get out of Andy Reid's kind of shadow, even though he is the one calling plays, um, or just wait uh, and sign with Kansas City until Andy Reid retires? Personally, I, I would love for him to stay. You know, we can sit here and harp on the things that the offense hasn't done uh, as far as what they don't do in red zone, uh, how we aren't all that good when we get in the red zone with scoring touchdowns. We don't capitalize on the short yardage plays, uh, but we can, or we can sit there and talk about, you know, uh, the good things of how exciting the offense is uh, when they're at full, full power, uh, at full power. Um, but the duo together, you know, they've, they've created a, a phenomenal team together to, to sit back and, and watch, you know, they're a lot, they're a lot of fun to watch, uh, come up with some crazy plays that, you know, like I said earlier, exciting when it, when the connections happen. <clears throat> um, I would love to see Eric take over uh, after Andy's done. I don't know when Andy wants to be done with this. Um, you know, a lot of coaches, well, I won't say a lot, but some of the coaches, heck, I, I want to say Belichick and probably Carol P. Carroll, are the two oldest? Andy's right there with them, um, you know. And, and the, with the success that those guys have had, each you know, all three got Super Bowl rings. All three have had very, very successful careers. Uh, you just don't know when they want to hang it up um, and enjoy 
you know, whatever remaining years of, of their life. So uh, Andy's had it rough, you know, with two of his kids and the situations they've been in, um, the way the team has kind of fallen apart in the last two years, and it's, you know, Super Bowl last year and not making the Super Bowl this year, the collapse in the playoffs. Um, I don't know if it's taking a toll on him mentally. Um, at some point, you would think so, especially with what his kids have gone through. So I think it'd be a good thing, you know, for him to hand the keys to Eric the enemy um, if he wants to retire soon. But the rest of that stuff with what ha- was happening with, you know, black coaches not being uh, given the chances to to prove themselves. And even when the ones that have gotten fired, that have gone on to coach and have gotten fired and never hired back, uh, you know, it sucks, you know, as, as a African-American to, to see it happen and to know that there's a lot of great minds out there uh, with black coaches that could probably, you know, um, get a team to the Super Bowl. And so you hate to see it and hear those stories, but it's, it's what it's a reality of what we're faced with. But uh, I'd love to see Eric B. Enemy take over a team. You know, if it's not Kansas City, then definitely somewhere else. So uh, glad to have him back this year. Um, like you said, if Andy wants to uh, retire soon and let him take over, I think majority of us would be happy with that. Yeah, I, I, you know, kind of my input on this is, uh, you know, with EB, he, without a doubt, deserves to be a head coach somewhere. And uh, the reality is, uh, for whatever reason, he hasn't had that opportunity. For whatever reason, they're not, they're not hiring him. Uh, you know, they've heard things about, you know, he doesn't particularly interview well, all these, you know, all these different things. But uh, the reality, you know, staying in, in Kansas City, you know, he's going to be under uh, Andy Reid's shadow. And so he'll never get the full credit as far as calling plays. And, I mean, you see that everywhere. They just won't talk. They won't talk about what, you know, his genius of calling some of the plays. Uh, every time something happens, something good happens, oh, that was Andy's play. That was Andy's call. Um, I know Andy said something, you know, about the one play where um, they didn't score at the half. And he said, you know, I probably should have gave Patrick a, a better play. And the reality is Andy has the last say. It's just that's how these things work anyway. So it doesn't matter what, who's the offense coordinator, who's the defense coordinator. The head coach has the last say in every single play that is, especially a play like that is of that magnitude. Now, with that being said, I, I think EB should go out and start sniffing around to see what might be out there. You know, why not? Why not go out and see what's going on? Like uh, E was talking about, just kind of, you know, piggybacking off that. When you talk about some of these opportunities, uh, that some of the teams that was uh, out there, um, what was a good job? Some of the good fits that the good jobs that EB could have been at least potentially gotten have been gone. They've already been, you know, given up to other guys. So I don't know, EB, uh, yeah. I would love for him to stay in Kansas City and Andy, like you said, handed the keys over to EB, but there's no indication that Andy's ready to go anywhere. And so that's part of the problem with a guy who is a football guy like Andy. It's like, what is he going to do? Uh, you know, he's not going to go home. I don't think he'll, he'll go on TV. He's not really one of those guys like color commentary, talkative guys. I don't really see him doing that. So, yeah, he can go, you know, to his family, but I think him being a head coach gives him solace. And so, uh, it gives him a little bit of a, a break from, you know, real life. 
sometimes the thing is when you when you embrace some of the things that happen in your life, you need that place where you can go to, you know, that happy place. And for him, being a head coach is that place for him. So that's my thing on that with Andy and, and EB. I would love for EB to say, hey, look, two years or next year, please take over. Well, with that being said, talking about Nagy and then uh, Liam Cohen, look, Nagy's been here. It didn't do particularly well up there in Chicago. Uh, did a great job with uh, uh, Alex Smith and those guys with the offense, right? He, but he was still like, see, and he was one of those guys, him and Doug Peterson, well, they called plays when he's here. Well, did they? EB done afforded that type of grace or, you know, that that type of, uh, 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 you know, magnitude as far as like that deal. But the other guy, uh, Cohen, man, I, I watched him with UK and he's a brilliant guy. He really is. Uh, some of the things that, that UK won, the games that they won, was really off his shoulders, some of the game called. And I just watched, you know, just being an offensive mind, being, you know, office coordinator and stuff like that. I watched some of the, the sets that he did, the situations of me. He was, when I'm telling you, everything was on point. It was clicking. It was just that that type of, uh, uh, that beat, that rhythm. Uh, he had it. He had it. I was, I was sitting back in, in awe. I was like, wow, that was a wonderful call. It was a great call on that play. And so he has that. I, I don't know as far as like what the, you know, the seriousness of him getting here, but look, EB loves to still have you, without a doubt, here in Kansas City. I'm just selfish like that. EB is, is my guy. I love him to death. I know EB. So if he can go somewhere else and make a name for himself, then hats off to him, right? Uh, but you know, we're talking about some of these jobs are still open, man. But th these things that need to be addressed as far as what's been happening these past few weeks and the things that's been happening over the years. And I'm just I'm just telling you from my experience as a black coach uh, in college, uh, even that that track record with hiring black coaches is abysmal. Even in college, they talk about NFL. <laughs> college is even worse. So I think some of these things might get uh, at least rectified, at least looked into. And I think it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes you got to have tough conversations to get to it. Because you know, I think sometimes people get into, you know, the feelings and thinking, look, man, there's an issue and a problem here. If it wasn't, they wouldn't introduce a rule like the Rooney rule, right? That's the way I look at it. And so when these things exist, it means that there exists here lies, here lies in a problem. So, uh, yeah, EB, if he can stay here, fine. But if he can find a place that would appreciate him, I'm not saying that Kenzie doesn't appreciate him, but he could be a head coach. That's what I would love for him to do. I, I guess for me, because um, hearing people talk about, you know, maybe he should get out of Andy Reid's shadow and go to, you know, say New Orleans, for example. That's a place he interviewed uh, for the head coach position. It was New Orleans. That's not a, I mean, that's not really a sexy offense. I mean, you know, what if they go there and they and, and they're not good? They're five eleven team. They're not offense isn't good. I mean, is that going to be a reflection on him or he could stay? As being Andy Reid's, you know, protege is the offensive coordinator here with one of the best offenses in the league. He may not get the full credit, but his team will always be good. You know, that's the offense will always be good. I mean, uh, I, I guess I just don't see the, the sense in him going elsewhere to be OC, the same exact position. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, in New Orleans, man, that, that offense is decimated now with, with everything that's going on with Kamara, too. I mean, you really don't have any weapons, man. I mean, it's, it's you're talking about a bad situation. Uh, Quarterback-wise, I mean, it's that is uh, 
who you got there? Jameis Winston going to come back from the, you know, the tear and whatnot. I mean, he may not be the same guy. So that's just going to be a tough situation altogether, man. We, we're talking about putting – he's using scotch tape to put an offense together down there, for real. So I, I agree with you on that, for sure. So if you could stay somewhere where you know you got a contention for a Super Bowl, stay there, without a doubt. And, and look, I'm, and maybe behind the scenes, they might be talking. They might be like, look, EB, you stay here. And he's talking about leaving next year. This is going to be yours. So – we don't know what's what's going on behind closed doors as far as these deals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess are you are you guys surprised he's mulling his options? I guess that's my my question. Are you are you surprised he's mulling his options as potentially go to go somewhere else and be the same position? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, am I surprised? No, I'm not, I'm not at all. Because the the thing is, it's been the talk, it's been the conversation. Conversation has been, you know, EB is not getting the the credit that's due to him. He's just not. And so, like I said before, Andy, is he really calling the plays when Andy, you know, kind of spoke for him like, look, man, he's the one calling the plays. Is that him just kind of, uh, you know, trying to, you know, do a favor for EB. And when you see EB, he's, you can see him calling the plays. You, you can tell it. You, I, I could almost uh, kind of see the difference in play calling when it comes in, maybe if like Andy says, like, hey, okay, whatever this, but EB is just running things through him. Like, look, man, what do you think about this play? What do you think about that? And so they all got to be on the same page. I mean, that's just how, you know, coaching goes. It, it does. The, you know, the head coach is, he's, he's in offensive meetings. He's in defense meetings. He's talking to his coordinators. He wants to know what's going on. He's not oblivious to things that's happening. He's right there. And he's, he's got him right there in the ear. So if it's something he don't like, he's like, hey, man, I don't really like that. Hey, EB, you know, what do you think about this play? So it's just the fact that EB is there with Andy. It's always going to be the, those things because, you know, it's just kind of like those, you know, the tropes being put like, oh, well, he's not really the guy. It's bogus, man. It's bogus. I, I hate when people say it because he is calling the plays. Yeah. It's, it's tough either way. Um, is there a right position? Is there a right job out there for EB? I don't think any any coach wants to go into the position of where a lot of these guys just came from from being fired, which basically says that you don't have all the right pieces and it's going to take some time to build up to where you are. Well, especially like being a black coach. Are you given the proper time to build and then excel? And the cases that we've seen, no. After a couple of years, you're gone and then you're like, you're promoted, you're demoted to something coordinator position coach so uh and those that opportunity to be a head coach is not presented to you anymore so is it a matter of eb just wanting to go to these places of which have been available i don't know that uh because there hasn't been a sexy job that's out there you know like with the key pieces of which hell we know he's a good coach shit you played you had a good college career you had a good nfl career you won a super bowl you transform the, you know, a team coming in with a new quarterback into a high-powered offensive team. So, yeah, I think your resume kind of speaks for itself. But are you one to go and take over a team that's below 500 and to make them a playoff team the next year? I don't think any coach has done that so far uh, within a first year, second year. So, is there a sexy team out there for him? I don't, I don't see it. So. Is it a matter of him just, you know, wanting to wait here and, and see what happens with Andy? 
Uh, you know, maybe he and Andy have had these conversations. He, him, Andy, and Mr. Hunt, Clark Hunt. Uh, I don't know that. Um, but is he worthy of a head coaching job? 100%. 100%. He's put, he's way overdue. I think he's put all the time in necessary to say that he's head coach quality. Uh, but again, is there a, a job out there that says, right now I can get you into the playoffs? I don't see that with any team that's fired all their coaches. Um, and with that being said, is there a fair opportunity at, for the African-American coaches that don't get to the playoffs? It, it hasn't been that way. So. <clears throat> the only job that I saw that was kind of a, you know, the one that had the most kind of potentials, Minnesota's offense. If Rodgers is, isn't there next year, that kind of that NFC North is kind of wide open next year in Green Bay or in, in Minnesota. You got Dalvin Cook. You got the, the quarterback situation is kind of iffy, but Jefferson. you got Dalvin Diggs, not Diggs, um, Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and, and he used to coach up there too, so he's got he's got a rapport with him, you know. So that that, that was the early rumor that he was going to uh, get that job, and I, I don't I don't know if he ever interviewed with them. I I think he interviewed with New Orleans and Denver, and that was it. But yeah, well, hopefully EB stays with us, um, and hopefully you know they do have something worked out where he can uh, take over in the future. But he needs to get that he needs to get uh, inked up, get that uh, that contract signed to uh, to come back. Um, okay, so next concern. Uh, moving on to the off season, um, as far as what Brett, Brett Veach said in his press conference last week. Um, so we kind of talked about what's ahead um, for the Chiefs and what his priorities are. So I'm going to ask you guys what what your priorities are. Uh, but he mentioned that the priority for the Chiefs this offseason was uh, uh, re-upping uh, Orlando Brown was going to be a free agent. Um, and defensive line is going to be a priority for him. And he also mentioned that cornerback could be something that they look at early on in the draft, um, in this upcoming draft. What do you guys think should be our uh, upcoming uh, priorities for this offseason? Uh, I, I definitely think it's defensive line. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't say pretty sure. I don't, I don't think we bring back Frank. Um, I don't think... I don't know what we signed Ingram to, but I'm hoping we bring him back. Um, he and Chris Jones did well together, but it also sparked a, a new a new Kansas City career for Frank Clark. You know, Frank tended he, he seemed to turn things around. Um, I don't mind it. I like it. I like the sound of a new cornerback. You know, something that's stellar on the other side of Ward. I'm a fan of Ward. I think he played excellent. You know, he's had some games that you know weren't all that great, but hell, your cornerback, you're not going to have great games every game. But we were able to match him up on a lot of the top receivers, and he did well um, when, he, when, his, when his number was called. I, I think, again, I keep saying a solid receiver outside of uh, Tariq and, and Kelsey. Um, to me, as I, I, I think I, there was some controversy between Twitter on – uh, with some of the guys, and I, I stay away from all that. So to me, the thing that makes Kelsey and Tariq Hill uh, stand out above everybody else, they're big-time playmakers. When you get the ball to them, plays are made. Yeah, you're going to have a drop or two. Other than that, but you know big-time plays are going to be made. We can throw the ball to a wide-open Hardman, Robinson, um, Pringle. And you don't get much after after that catch. Um, 
we can't just throw a fade route. We can't just throw a slant route. We catch them mostly on some of the gimmicky stuff that that's thrown together with our offense. Um, but you can throw the ball to Kelsey on a 10 yard curl and he can make a guy miss with his size and get you extra 15, 20 yards or a bigger play for a touchdown. You can give Tariq the ball at any moment on the field and you never know what the heck's going to happen. And to me, um, you know, I know the argument was about a lot of guys talking about bringing Sammy back. You know, I don't know what Sammy has left in the tank. Um, and Sammy was much of a possession guy for us. Yeah, he made some big plays, but um, was he the playmaker for our, our offense? No. Uh, I like the guys that you could throw the ball to, and all of a sudden you get a 20-yard catch turns into a 70-yard run like what Jamar Chase does. Or even like the young guys at Denver or some of these other young playmakers. So to me, the guys outside of Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill, they're not those type of playmakers. They can catch the ball. They can run the routes but they're not that playmaker. Uh, so to go and get another young guy um, to be that playmaker, I, love, I would love to have that. And then just to, like I said, tidy up that defensive line. I don't, I think we can tag Brown, right? Yep. So uh, tag him, renegotiate a couple of the guys that have the really big contracts where we have money. Shit, probably get somebody big on the free agency market. Yeah, I think you're right there. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, priority definitely got to be uh, defensive end, pass rush, uh, D line. Uh, I'd even look for probably a, another linebacker. Uh, that defense, you got to do something with that defense. You get a corner. Uh, I, I think you could get a corner probably late in the draft. Maybe get a guy maybe from a different team. Uh, maybe cost wouldn't cost you a whole lot to get him, but somebody who's come, wants to come in hungry and compete. Uh, like and I like that whole tagging uh, Orlando Brown Jr. I do tagging him uh, offensively. Shoot, you only you need a number two. You need, you need a guy. I think you go free agency. I don't think you draft a guy. I think you go free agency. Go get him. That's a, that's what you have to do. A solid guy that you know is going to go get some catches. Going to get some yards. Uh, it's going to. So I'm, I'm gonna cut you off here. I'm not not just cut you off. Cut you off. Do you think? Juju is the guy we can bring in because Juju isn't even that that big of a playmaker in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he, you know what Juju he, he'll he, he'll bring something to offense, I, but he I need somebody a little bit more explosive. They need somebody uh, I think Juju. Is, yeah, I, I, I think Juju he'll come in. He'll be a guy. I, I think he'll disappear. To be honest with you, I don't think he'll be he'll he won't fulfill that that role like you want him to, right? And then the thing is because when you know, A.B. left, you know, he was supposed to be the guy. And all of a sudden, that just, I mean, that fell apart. You know, him, you, look, you can pretend to try to be something that you're not, right? And then all of a sudden, they, hey, look, man, <laughs> it just didn't work. And so those young guys came in, and they 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 showed him what was up. So Juju, I think, is just a guy. But you got to go get a real a real dude that I think is going to be like a barn burner uh, that's going to threaten defenses. Like you saying, like, look, we got to make sure we double this guy. On some of these things too, right? I mean, he's he's got to be a, a real threat uh, as far as offensively. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think that's your main your main uh, action is going to be on defense. It definitely defensive end, defensive lineman. I see some defensive linemen, man, from the uh, from the Senior Bowl that might be able to. You know, they look good. I think you could draft a guy that's hungry. Uh, I think there is a, is a kid, man, from Houston. I seen him, man. He, he's he's a little light. He kind of reminds me of Chris. You know, he's about 275, 280. 
he can play a three technique, you know, lightning fast, got good hands. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but I, I looked at him and said, man, he, he'd be good here with the Chiefs. So I think it's your concern, man. Yeah, defensive end, D-line. Linebacker, you got to get somebody, man. You have to. Uh, kind of move that way. And, we, and they said we better with cap space than everybody says we are. So I, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep talking about it. Depending on what we do with Frank Clark, we can save some money there. And then um, apparently if Mahomes uh, does, a, a, I guess, takes a signing bonus or converts his money into a signing bonus or, or something, um, mm-hmm. then he can kind of transfer that money. It would free up about $21 million this year. But it would also, for the next three years, the cap, it would be much more expensive compared to um, if you if you were to do that this year. So we could, we could free up a lot of money. Um, that's what it sounds like. Um, and then we've also, like what you guys said, uh, you talk about there were some of the explosive receivers. We're linked to two of them already, Juju being one of them, then Odell being the other one. So, I mean, that's conversations we can have as the uh, as the offseason continues, but those are two guys that we are linked to already. And even Brett Veach actually uh, mentioned Odell Beckham during his press conference, talking about how that how that addition really um, really helped them uh, help the Rams uh, when Robert Woods went down. So, if he's talking about him in his uh, final presser for the year, then, you know, that obviously somebody on his mind. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Wanna make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue-chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up, so get your priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. Believe spelled B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Uh, okay, so uh, final concern uh, tonight. Um, okay, so since the AFC Championship game, this guy Eli Apple has been on a lot of uh, Chief fans' shit lists, I would say. He's talked a lot of crap to about our team, the Chiefs, a- after the game, uh, mainly towards Tyreek Hill, and then he's, he's just shared a lot of stuff. But this week, um, he pr- provided some more insight on how they came back um, in that game. He was talking about how predictable the offense was. Uh, the quote was, um, they got cocky. They wanted to pass. They wanted Mahomes to have the ball in his hands to get rid of us. We knew the concepts that were coming at us before the snap. We had to tell of what they were going to do, and that was about uh, beating their guys to that spot and competing for the ball. Our D-line played really great in making sure he wasn't comfortable in the pocket when he was 
trying to scramble and stuff. They're one of those teams that they know what they want to do, especially when they're in drop back mode. There's only so many things they can do with those different sets. End quote. So I guess my question is, you know, we kind of talked about last week's game and all, but what does that that quote kind of say to you about our offense being predictable in, in what we kind of, we kind of talked about that in, in a way, but what did that quote say to you about what happened um, two weeks ago? Shit. They, they, they game planned it. So, you know, as of now, shit, we're going to take our hats off to it because they beat us twice coming back in the second half with the right adjustments to where we didn't make the adjustments to the counter. And uh, however we want to look at it, however, however pissed we want to be about his comments, they came to that, you know, it, it, it played out to what he, his explanation. Uh, we've said it the last couple of years since the podcast started, but, you know, our offense likes chunks. You know, take the top off and throw your safeties back deep or drop your whole defense back in coverage and, and rush three. You know, um, teams have, I wouldn't say have figured us out because we have, uh, during the scheme of things, uh, made adjustments during the season, especially second half. Uh, and I think that we are capable of, of adjusting uh, to whatever a defense is trying to be thrown at us. For whatever reason, we didn't do it against Cincinnati. And like I said, you know, he made a statement uh, of what they thought, and it, it turns out that they uh, they won off of that. So, <laughs> yeah, man, Eli, yo, they, they were talking about how how bad they torched him in both games, and he's sitting there talking all that noise. Look, he's he's in a position to talk that noise now, right? Like he True, said, exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna say? He's like, all right, man, okay, talking all. He's he's like the dude on the basketball court. Who's talking all the noise? He ain't scoring not one point. Yeah, not man, we point. got you. Yeah, <laughs> who are you? You ain't, you ain't do nothing the whole game. Got uh. three rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone yeah. needs a hype man. Everyone needs a hype man. Need a hype man. Look, I, I get it, man. Look, he, hey, he's he's gonna ride this as long as he possibly can, right? Because he's in a dance, right? And rightfully so. I look, I ain't mad at the sucker. You know, I ain't mad at him. He's gonna talk noise. So be it. Uh, now going to the predictability of our offense, uh, I agree with him. I do. I think we we dropped the ball on, on both halves of the ball. We we had them beat on both halves, Cincinnati. And of course, the first game we only had three possessions the whole half. The second game, we just didn't even diversify with personnel or formation. You know, putting us in an advantage uh, with the play calling. I mean, I, in my head, I'm still I'm <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I do. I still sometimes I get up and I draw plays up. And like formations we could have ran. Like, man, we could have we easily done this. We could have easily done that. So, like last night, I got up and I started writing stuff down. I'm like, man, we could have easily got in, induced formation, ran this, run the ball, all these different things. We just didn't do it. We didn't do it. And I, I just, I, to me, for the life of me, I don't understand why. There was open guys. Patrick didn't hit them. For whatever reason, he didn't throw the football, right? So, he can say yeah, it's predictable. Not. Man, there was guys that was open, and Pat he just he didn't make he didn't make the he didn't make the play. He didn't. I think it was a bad call. And, and as far as like the 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 one where he threw the the pick for the screen or the the RPO, that's a bad play, bad call. Period. So he can say yeah, they can be predictable. Yeah, you know what? You know what, buddy? You you want you want basket it while you can. Go on basket. You know, like I said, it wasn't necessarily everything that y'all did. 
some things that we, we just didn't do, period. I'm just going to say that. So, Eli Apple, okay, let's see what we're going to do a Super Bowl. You're going to have some jokers, hey, running around. At my, hey, uh, Cup is a monster. OBJ, monsters. So, we see how you're talking in. Who's going to get a bite at the apple then, buddy? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Um, I guess the, the one question that comes from this whole predictability aspect, and this is something we talked about last year after we got our butts handed to us in the Super Bowl, is that it's two games, two of our biggest games we've had in the last two years, one in the Super Bowl and then one in the AFC Championship game, where we didn't really make any adjustments. And that was kind of something we talked about last year after that Super Bowl. The halftime, it came out and really nothing changed. We didn't really make any adjustments. What does that say to you as far as the game planning aspect? I mean, what, what are we not doing? I mean, obviously we're not doing adjustments, but what is it? Is, is it a confidence thing? Of course. I mean, it, look, we, we feel like we're going to be able to do what we want to do. And to, to be honest with you, they didn't show us anything that we haven't seen, we hadn't adjusted to before. We've seen this early on in the season. And it took them that time to adjust, right? So it really didn't give me any excuse not to, to make the adjustment this half. They had like all the play calling and stuff, what they could have done you know, against this team in the second half. They just didn't do it. And so I don't know who was scrambling around looking at papers or who didn't. I, it just to me, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was sad. It was, it was that debacle on the second half, man. Uh, We've we seen the adjustments for the half. We got ready for that. So it wasn't like, you know, two high safeties dropping seven or eight. We knew that. So, well, do you chalk that up to confidence? It's confidence, man. It's confidence. And you should look. When you when you got guys on offense that have that swag, can make plays, you're going to stay confident on that. I, I, look, I don't disagree on that, right? I mean, look, you tossed them for 21 points in the first half. Could have ended up getting another touchdown going up to 28, but you didn't. And so when, it, when that when the first half, when it looked so good, you think, man, this team ain't stopping it, right? It is confidence. So that's it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what it is, man. It's just as a fan and a former player, it's, it's disappointing. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> 100%. As we wrap up the show, obviously we're not in the Super Bowl this year, so we're really not that, we're not that connected to it. But, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so everyone's got to pick this game. Who do you guys have in this one? I believe the Bengals are, or the Rams are a five point favorite last I saw. Four. Four point favorite. Gentlemen. I mean, I'm going to stick with the AFC. You know, team has beaten us twice. I know a lot of people on Twitter are wanting to root against them just because they beat us, but, you know, I'll support the AFC team. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati's right up the street, man. I was a Bengal fan growing up. Kenny Anderson, all those guys, you know, Icky, you know, real well, played with a lot of guys in the golf and stuff. So uh, I'd like to see that, man. I'd like to just see a good game. So I, I, that's what I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for a good game. That's what I'm rooting for. So I wouldn't be mad if he, who, whoever wins, to be honest with you. I, don't, I wouldn't even care. So I ain't betting. If I bet, then I'll make my pick. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to bet on this game, would you, would you go with the Rams? If I were to bet on the game, I think – I think the Rams, I, I, I just think they got the nod. I think they got the talent. I think with the D-line, the defense is going to be trouble. That's what I think. I think Aaron Donald is willing himself, and he's willing the guys around him to win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to put it on his shoulders. So that's how I look at it. Um, I just, uh, 
you know, Cincinnati, they got some, some great talent on offense. Uh, it's going to be tough, man. Defensively, you should kind of stop them, man. So, it's going to be it's gonna be a close game, though. It's going to be tight. And I think, uh, for me, uh, I, I I think the Rams are going to win, and I, I want Stafford to win a ring. I, I think, you know, it's it, it's it's his time. I, I think it's uh, – I think it's Matt Stafford's time. Burrow is going to have his, his shot plenty for the next couple couple of years. But I think Stafford, it's his time to shine. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and plus, something we talked about, what we didn't capitalize two weeks ago, our pass rush wasn't getting back there. And this is a different animal uh, compared to our pass rush. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, you got two dogs on that defensive line. Von Miller might be old, but he still got some biting. Yes, sir, Reed. Yes, sir, Reed. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys are doing any Super Bowl parties or anything, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and I hope everybody out there in Chiefs Kingdom enjoys the Super Bowl. Although I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say they're not going to watch the Super Bowl because they don't want to see the Bengals. But I think everyone should enjoy the Super Bowl and, and, and enjoy it. You know, it's just, just a game. I'll be tuned in. Yeah. yeah, come on, man. Yeah, come on, look, it's football. Yeah, look, yeah. I understand the team don't win. That, that's one thing, man. But look, football is football. You enjoy it. Just watch compete, man. Why not? True. Yeah. Hey, watch it just to go see Dre and him get at it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to see a halftime show. All them jokers, man, open it up on the West Coast. We say, let's go. Dre and him going to get it. That's what I'm going to see. I'm going to see a halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we get in more and more in depth into the offseason. Good night, fellas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.